You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Miami, home to sun, sand, water, plus books, new ideas, author conversations, and the Miami Book Fair, the nation's largest gathering of readers and writers of all ages. Mark your calendar for the 38th edition of the Miami Book Fair, Sunday to Sunday, November 14th to the 21st. Bringing together the greatest thinkers of our time, in person and virtually. Talking about the issues of the day with audiences of all ages. Join the conversations about sci-fi, the environment, American politics, and world history. Participating will be authors with new fiction, non-fiction, memoir, and essays. Chris Matthews, Channing Tatum, Alan Cumming, James Patterson, and Twilight's Marissa Meyer, too. All this and more at the 38th edition of the Miami Book Fair, November 14th to the 21st, 2021. All coming together for one week in person and online. Do join us. More information at MiamiBookFairOnline.com or follow us at Miami Book Fair. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webology on WMR.FM. It's the 21st of October, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beatstock Internet Marketing. And Dave, welcome to another week of, uh, well, 
It's not like a lot happened this week. Um, quick uh, programming announcement. We were going to have on guest uh, Steve uh, Weidelman from uh, uh, Weidelman, sorry, from uh, Weidelman Consulting. He's sick today. He wasn't able to make it on. We had a lot to talk about, but um, we don't need those sticking guests here. We can we 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 can get we can get through this because there was a lot that happened from uh, you know Facebook weirdness to um, would it be clarity from Google? And don't you hate it when that happens? When you write this huge long article on something and then like two weeks later they go and change it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago in Search Engine Journal, Dave uh, uh, wrote a long article on uh, the, the effect of the Quality Raiders Guide, the, the Google Quality Raiders Guide. And uh, it must have been so frustrating on Friday to, <laughs> to announce that they were making big changes to it. Yeah, that's always fun. And I mean, you know, I mean, on the, on the plus side, I think we just have to face that, like, in SEO, we're just kind of used to that, right? Like, and I just wrote this article and then there's a Google update. And like, I've had updates happen between writing and publishing. So like, where it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to rewrite that part and I'd tell them to not push that out <laughs> or something like that. So, um, you know, at least this one, it, it, had its, it had its short little lifespan and now I've got to revisit it um, and, uh, and rewrite it. So um so yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's it, it, every time they update it, it's just a, a little more light. And to our conversation previously, talking about it, that they update it so frequently, that they have all of these people, folks. It's an important document. No, nope. no signals involved in there, but they put a lot of resources into it. So it's a, it's an important document for us to understand what they're looking for. Yep. And now. There's going to be a lot of talk about, about, about how sweeping the changes is. Actually, the changes weren't sweeping, but um, every time they do make a change, it shows a change of, um, not necessarily a change of intent, but um, I don't know. I think it shows a little bit more clarity about how Google itself looks at things. And that look is um, uh, uh, sometimes. Right about now feels like it's often narrowing in uh, in topical focus, eh? Like like they really want to hone in on stuff and want it well defined. Yeah, and it makes it makes sense. Um, one of the big for, for listeners who might not have read it, and quite honestly, I have not read the the updated document. I've only read the analysis of the updated document. I will obviously, but I haven't had a chance to yet because, oh, you know, work needs to be done. Um, but. Um, Thankfully, sometimes you can just go, do I trust people like Barry Schwartz to tell us what actually, you know, to a, a good trustworthy source? I do. Um, so one of the, the core areas that was in there was the expansion of your money, your life um, sort of category, which that I found very telling and very interesting. Um, and it expanded to include groups, people, subcategory, um, basically uh, targeting in on discrimination really like i mean it's it, where where they're actually like highlighting and I, I don't know how it's written in there and that's that's my problem i don't know how they've written it in to be you know how are they grading this oh, um, they, oh I, I can't tell you the grading but i can tell you exactly what the document says right they got it right in front of me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i mean uh, can anybody argue that that yeah a classification of this thing should be a, as grading by 
you know, the quality of a website, um, you know, does it discriminate on, on people? Now, <laughs> I, 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 I know that there's you could easily come in, um, and I, I I can see cases where like we'll be dealing with edge cases of things that will will sort of get blurry, um, you know where it isn't a like hard and fast sort of rule from a quality raters standpoint. From your ethical standpoint, you'll have hard lines. I'll have my hard lines. Everybody has their hard line, uh, but from a quality rate where you're having to look at things and go, okay, this is a actual scientific journal that might make this claim or that claim that actually relates to gender or something. I, I think they'll get a bit blurry there, but. but, but I think, I think this exact, your exact example speaks to the role of the quality rater and what they're supposed to do. Yeah. See, those decisions aren't made by quality raters. They're made algorithmically, at least right. as, as you and I will see it. That's, that's Google search users, right? right? And what the quality raters are doing is assessing Google's, um, well, basically, the QA people are assessing Google's assessment. They're not um, assessing the websites so that those websites will change in ranking immediately based on what the QA assessor sees. They're assessing how Google is looking at the website. And, you know, you're right, there's going to be edge cases. And in some cases, there's going to be quality assurance persons who um, disagree with each other right. about the exact same example. And that's why they have thousands and thousands of them. Yeah. So over, you know, over, again, thousands of um, samplings, you get a pretty good median average. Eh? Well, indeed. And you can see the importance, like just going back to, to that example of going, where we do have these thousands, that is incredibly important. And how is Google supposed to learn that in this document, when you say, I'm just going to make like probably a really bad example, but if, if massive studies came out and, and it said that in this task, women are inherently better than men at, at this specific thing, how like it, but it's a, it's a scientist, like a, a large trustable source that just happens to make this claim that the way they're wired, this happens to be that. How can you distinguish that algorithmically from something that is just anecdotal and and actually sexist in nature to make those claims? And I think that's where this this importance of these these people and their roles come in is going. There is a difference, <laughs> but if you just look at the words in order. You might have you might not be able to tell as a bot. You might not be able to tell that one of them is actually a trustable source with actual scientific data. And one of them is just somebody shooting their mouth off. Well, indeed. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is why, um, and this is, this is something that I, that you could, I think people could debate for uh, years <laughs> to come. What, oh, yeah. what, what Google means by this, but Google is telling it's uh, instructing its quality assurance um, evaluators to, Delve into the research, looking at the reputation of the website that that content's on, and if they can, if possible, the creator of that content. Um, that I felt that that was an interesting passage, a new passage yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Uh, in the guideline. What do you think about that? I obviously like it. Um, you know, I mean, should you be considering the source? Of course, you should, right? Like, especially when we're dealing with expertise, authority, trust. Like, should I, should we want those people to dig deep into, into sort of what the, the, the source of, 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 of a subject is or, or an opinion is? Yeah. Now, it's probably important to note that just because Google says it wants its quality assurance 
um, evaluators to dig deeper into the reputation doesn't mean that Google is following the exact same paths QA people will. Mm-hmm. Now, Google, uh, 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 John Mueller from Google has gone out of his way. It's been explicitly said, give us author bios. Right. And he said so because he wants to make it easier, or I should say Google wants to make it easier for um, page visitors, Google users, um, to judge the accuracy of, of, of um, content based on uh, is this an author I trust or not. Doesn't mean that Google is trolling into the author bio for anything but entity information. You know, it doesn't right. that the little bio or the the, the, the the trusted author doesn't mean you're going to rank better. Right. But right. it does mean you're providing a better user experience because you're probably giving better information. And you're letting the user have an opportunity to decide, yeah, hey, I know Joe Blow, and he's a great author. I love that guy's work. Right. Um, and, and it is. I mean, there's there's so many signals that, that get involved here um, that just make sense. Um, and, you know, and, and related, and, and it relates by the author, um, but Lily put out a, a great piece. I think it was on, uh, well, actually, I know it was on Search Engine Journal, but it was about a week ago, um, talking about how do you schema, and authorship did, did come into this, how do you schema mm-hmm. to sort of, I, I'm going to, it's funny because she actually said, there is no eat score in an article she published earlier today. I'm going to use eat score anyway, just as like a, a shorthand for going like basically ways to prove your expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. Sure, the boxes uh, are getting ticked. Exactly, exactly. Go, no, okay, like, I know there isn't a score, but, it, you know, I sort of liken it to like, I know there is a page rank score. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm somehow being graded on this thing. <laughs> and, and so I could liken it to, to a score, even though I have no idea what it is that it sort of operates in a black box at, at this point. Um, anyway, she had put it, published a piece, uh, I believe it was about a week ago, maybe, maybe up to two, but, uh, but I, I read it in the last few days, um, talking about how to do that with schema and how to send these additional signals across relating to authorship and, and, and very, very similar metrics and going, Okay, you have a good trustable source. <laughs> you have this this trustable source writing for you, for example. Push that, right? Like, for goodness sake, absolutely. Um, and and, and also, sure also, you're doing a great mitzvah for that author. Yeah. You're doing a wonderful mitzvah for that author. You're helping identify her, her, he, or they with uh, with you know their their entity blocks. I mean, well, now we're just checking all the boxes, aren't we? Um, and, and there yeah. was that that element of going like, okay, and this is this author, and they are the same as this, 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 this. They went to this school, right? Like, this is what they've done. This is their profession, right? Like, basically providing all of that information. Can you tell what I've been diving into? Because, <laughs> you because know, it's it's important, and I'll I'll, I'll buy, um come back with some some tests that uh, that I'm running right now on on a large scale profile. Um, segment, um, but but we're going to be basically following this and going. What happens if? What happens if we check all of those boxes? Um, because we have literally hundreds of authors um, writing for for the site that are that are very very strong, um, you know, Stanford and, and and those sorts of things. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I suspect it'll be strong based on everything that that because Lily's not an idiot, um, and also from from things that that John has said as well. And, and you're right. This all circles back to expertise, authority, and trust, and something we keep talking about. Letting Google know that. Okay, now here's, here's a weird one. I was about to say you can never go wrong by providing too much information to Google. 
<laughs> However, the way you provide that information might screw Google up a little bit and get them cross with you. Mm-hmm. I, I just went through I just went through an exercise where I had to remove a gajillion links from a page, a gajillion internal links from a page to make the user flow um, tolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, if you're trying to give out too much information that way, you're probably diluting the value of that very page. But um, uh, uh, in an author bio, that's not a big deal. But that author bio probably wasn't going to rank anyway. Yeah. So link link away. Give a hundred links <laughs> out of it to different places that that author may be associated with. It honestly probably will help. Yeah. Um, yay. Uh, so check out the new cha- the uh, uh, changes. You know who you really got to check out? Like the canon reading on any change to um, the quality raters guide is Jennifer Slag. Yeah. If uh, she has covered the quality raters guide since I think they first introduced it, like yeah. back in like 2012 or something, and um, you know, I found, I wrote the other day. Any other, all other scholars should definitely have input on this, but she kind of owns the field. Yeah, I think she has like a bat phone that calls Gary Eyes or something to ask him questions. I don't know, but she seems to always have like an inside scoop and, and a depth of of sort of information um on them that is is you're right because she she's been doing it forever um that is is incredibly strong so and the honest truth if if google is anybody out there you know you could you could you could, you could count people from the old garden like uh whether they owe google or google owes them and i'd say jennifer Stegg is one of the people google owes them for yeah. just you know massively popularizing um uh the the adwords program um you know, where you put ads on your site and drew, drew revenue from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. AdSense, AdSense, the AdSense yeah. program. Anyway, um, check out the changes to the quality quality raters guide. Um, other changes, they define low qual- what low quality content is. Uh, talk about uh, page structure a lot. Um, they uh, simplify a, a number of uh, uh, definitions. So in case you're wondering what Google might mean by this, um, it's easier to understand, but again, uh, more honing in on topical relevancy. Um, and yeah, uh, they re- they're really telling their quality, quality assurance people to look at um, signs of life on a page. Uh, typos, spelling mistakes, um, uh, good layout, uh, stuff like that is important to them. And um, believe it, they're telling their people to to look for it. So it's kind of like going back to middle school again, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's a fun way to think of it. Um, I think so. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? I mean, Quality Raiders Guide was, 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 was a big deal, but... Um, I think an even bigger deal about the way that the, the, the web is perceived and used and is Facebook. Mm. Mm-hmm. For uh, for a lot of people, Facebook is the web. Um, you remember remember when the web used to be whatever you typed into the address bar and it took you there, right? Or whatever you whatever Google. Now Facebook has you know walled garden environment that we all sort of live in, and uh, it's been a really hard few months for Facebook uh, on the PR front. Um, been exposed doing some pretty nasty things. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm torn between wanting to reiterate those nasty things because they are so nasty. Yeah. Um, or just letting the audience who's very well informed, you know, they, they know those nasty things. Um, 
So what do you do when you're in a pickle like this, when the regulators are breathing down your neck and um, even even your like right hand, Cheryl Sandborg, avoids your phone calls because she only has bad news for you anyway? Um, like, what do you do? You Well, you do the smart thing. You rebrand. You start calling yourself a new name. My name's George. That, that guy over there, um, that, that, that Mark guy, I, I don't know him. I'm George. <laughs> Yeah, well, he was a dick, but I'm George. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. I think it's a bit more complicated than that. But I, I, I you can excuse people from drawing that from the story, eh? So Facebook is rebranding. It's going to call itself a new name. Doesn't know what it's going to call itself yet. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, like, I, I don't like there's a there's a bit of like gray um sitting in there so i don't know how this is going to be playing out and whether that actually functionally impacts regular users like how often do i say you know what when i'd like to do search i head over to alphabet right like no but that is the parent company of the search engine that i use most of the time but i never think of them that way right it's still it's google which What's one of the biggest tech companies in the world? Google. Nope. It's Alphabet, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we think of it. So will this really change functionally any that we all sort of think about? Well, actually, in this case, very possibly. Um, and I'm saying that because um, Facebook is, gonna, is going to rebrand. Probably it's Alphabet. You're, Alphabet is a great example because it's probably exactly what Facebook is doing. It's um, dividing its business from its properties, Uh uh, or dividing, I'm sorry, dividing its business end of things from the properties like Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook and WhatsApp. And, um, the regulators are breathing down its neck. Mm-hmm. Facebook knows it's causing harm to the country and to communities in the country. It, it knows that. Um, there's no question about it. And um, it's likely to be held to account for um, election interference in the future. There's, again, Congress wants to talk to it about it. And, um, after the information released by the, uh, the whistleblower a couple of weeks ago, um, it would just be easier if a different company did all that stuff <laughs> in the future. But also, and this, is, this, isn't, um, this isn't Mark Zuckerberg blowing steam or trying to um, pull, a, pull a fake here. I think this is for real. The internet is about to undergo a fundamental shift. Um, It's going to go from the 2D environment that we live in now to a 3D um, Mm -hmm. virtual environment that I don't know when that's going to happen, but there's no question it's going to happen. Um, And Facebook wants to be out in the very front of this. And I mean, honest to God, Facebook is freaking boring when you think of what the metaverse is going to be. And so you can't call yourself Facebook. That's not not inspiring. It's Metabook. you, you do bring up a, a good point because of the scope um, of, of what they do, like, which, which we know about, like, you, you don't think Facebook, Oculus, right? Like, but, but they are, um, you know, and, and, and the, the, the breadth um, that they sort of have into, into different spaces. I think you bring up some very, very interesting points. Um, I am looking forward to the official announcement because I think part and parcel with that will be. And here's the other exciting things that are coming to Facebook, right? Like it's, it's actually the right after that statement, I suspect they'll be going into mm-hmm. the explanation of why, but probably wrapped in a, 
and here's what's coming, right? And 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 very very there'll probably be some you know it'll be like a Google I/O conference, right? Like it it probably will be a very interesting push. But I suspect where Google I/O we end up talking about mum and lambda and things like that. After those, I suspect in this one we'll be talking about devices and formats. Um, to your point, right? Like that that we're going to be talking about the broader scope. Um, and it really is, and, and you, I think, alluded to that, it is Facebook's to lose. When most people wake up in the morning, do they pick up their phone and click a great big G and go, I've been wondering all night about this, and then run some miscellaneous query, or do they click an F and you know open what? up to see what their friends are doing? When Google had, uh, there, was a, there was a while there, I think it was 2000. 2008 maybe maybe pre-2008 where google was giving you a customized home screen mm -hmm. i was actually opening to google then i really was because i got my news and i got stock information um found out found out that the leaves have lost again um <laughs> and i got all the information i needed right there let's be honest you didn't need to be told the leaves lost again no it was just an assumption <laughs> but you know it verified the assumption so um just like with, with most things in the morning it made me happy and then we're just like and that was a precursor to Facebook, of course, because that's what all Facebook does is verify your assumptions. Right. It doesn't give you fresh news. It gives you stuff based on what you think is right. right. Um, which, which is why again, they're changing yeah, their name and rebranding to begin with. Um, oh, and, and this, is a, this is an important thing, and it's, 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 it's not too late to get in on this, folks. We're often too late to get in on all the fun, but Facebook doesn't know what it wants to call itself yet. And so there's plenty of time to tell Mark what you think he should call his new um, product, baby, or whatever. Um, face palm, face plant. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't say that, but F face. Lots of stuff you could call it. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface, sure. Um, screwy McFacebook, whatever. Throw it up on Twitter, throw it up on, well, well, you can Facebook, but let Mark know what he should call his new product. I think it's a patriotic duty. <laughs> okay. Um, switching gears a little bit. If you've been getting the, uh, the sense that there's been um, a lot of algorithmic action lately, like the algorithms are, are aping climate change and just ramping up and getting crazier and crazier and crazier, you'd be right. SEM Rush released a report the other day. I'm sorry, some Rush. No, you can stick with SEM Rush. I, I, I approve. I'm scared of Luca. <laughs> um, yeah, indeed. <laughs> There's a lightning bolt that's about to crash down from the Nordic heavens. Like seriously. Um, no, anyway, uh, you say SEM Rush. I'll say some Rush. We'll see. We'll see who. We'll see who lives longer. Um, anyway, they, the important thing is they released a study. And the study suggests that um, Google's uh, rate of messing with stuff is way up. I can speak anecdotally on this and go, heck yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just by like, I mean, you know, we monitor a bunch of sites, obviously, but not, I mean, this is SEM Rush, right? Like, I, I don't know another company that would be as qualified to, to, sort of make note of this because of the volume of, of search queries that they're constantly monitoring and, and the, the scope of, of countries that they're, they're monitoring in. Uh
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, but yeah, it, it hundred percent, like just the number of core updates we had in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the frequency of like these massive updates through like a, a fairly quiet month. Like we usually have core updates every six or nine months. And we were getting like a couple, like back to back in, in like a month long period of time. So, yeah. So, so, so Morty Oberstein, um, uh, over, over at SEMrush posted a tweet out tweet where he shows basically on desktop and, 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 and mobile action, the number of days, the percentage of number of days where there's been vol high volatility in, uh, in, in, in search rankings mm -hmm. on desktop in 2020, 25%, 26.46% of the days in 2020, there was a high volatility in the search rankings. Mm -hmm. On desktop, in, 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 in 2021, 44.58% of the days of 2021 were days where you were clenching your stomach on uh, around desktop results, volatility happening. In mobile, in 2020, about 27% of, uh, of the days of 2020, there was, uh, there was, there was a lot of action happening in, the, in uh, a lot of volatility happening. In 2021, just under 499 percent of the day. So about half the number of days in this year, search rankings have been up and down and up and down. Yeah. So if you've been feeling, and so they're a little more extreme too, they're, uh, the, the results are a little, are a little more um, outlandish or noticeable because most algorithm updates, you don't even notice, right? Yeah. Um, these ones people are noticing there, there's, there's, there's um, not just volatility, but extreme volatility. And again, half the days of the year that, that I just find that phenomenal. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we, we should expect this. And we've talked, regular listeners will remember, probably not that it actually happened because, Jim, that's how old we are. Um, but we've talked on this show before about the Google Dances. Remember mm-hmm. when days of high search volatility was... 10 in a year (laughs) you'd have like every four to six weeks you'd have your like day and mcdar would go like nutty with like Mm -hmm. it's like you'd be watching it and seeing the different data centers and then it would settle down and you'd well okay now we're done and wait another um i think what we're seeing here because we can't simply be dealing in this volume with a bunch of engineers i know they have a bunch of very very strong very capable engineers but they're not doing manual changes that much. So we have to be seeing um, you know, machine learning algorithms kicking in. And I think this ties to the core updates that we were seeing um, in the summer. Well, yeah. And, and, and just let's, let's remember, um, I mean, I, I, I still think 50% of the days of the year of being volatile is, is, is phenomenal. But let's remember, we, in August, we had... Um, five algorithm updates, two of which were core <laughs> updates, bookending uh, uh, a number of things happening in between. Um, we, had the, we had the most certain introduction of core web values. Um, you, can, you, can, you can see on some sites in your analytics, the week core web values was introduced because for some sites that had crappy user experiences, that's the week when you see impressions suddenly tank out. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. These things happened. Like it's 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 it's, it's right there in the, in Search Console. Um, and this has been a, this like you this is a, this is the year of transition for Google. They're doing stuff differently this year. Yeah, and I mean, great. Um, what I'm going to find interesting though is that fundamentally, I have to think, and I could very well be wrong because people are moving targets, right? Like especially me because I keep calling it SEM rush. But um, <laughs> you know. What I want today is different than what I will want tomorrow. But I I think about volatility in search and go, there should be a stable. Like for for most periods of time, for the Dave of now versus the Dave until he's frantically doing last minute Christmas shopping, to but then the Dave in January and onward after that is more or less the same Dave, right? Like more or less. My my wants and needs might change a bit, but what I'm going to view as good in a result, will more or less be fairly stable. So I have to think that after these things shake up, things should settle. Like, yes, we're introducing new tech that's highly refining what good is. But I have to think that eventually it has to settle down to where we're dealing with smaller refinements. Still a lot of changes, on the fly, constant changing, but once we've sort of done the triage, right, and managed to get all of the systems built in and making things better all at once, there should come a point, should, I'm not saying will, I'm saying should come a point where, okay, now they're just fine tuning. They understand what Dave wants and understands what good is today, and it will be roughly the same tomorrow. So we don't need to update it as aggressively 
Now, the moment they do that, Zuckerberg's going to introduce the metaverse, and they'll have to go back to, to day zero trying to figure out what's what again. Yeah, well, indeed. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that, that actually has been, that has been a very real, um, uh, it's almost like a push-me-pull-you sort of thing with Google. Um, Google comes up with um, ways to deal with um, new technologies, often mm-hmm. by pushing us into treating those technologies the way they want them treated. Mm-hmm. Like Google's reaction to mobile was um, to study it for a while and then declare, we're going to go mobile first and here's how we want you to do it. Right. And if you don't do it this way, all your desktop stuff, you're going to lose all your desktop stuff. Right. Knowing full well that business to business is all desktop. So you're damn, you, we're going to conform to your mobile rules. Right. Um, Google, Google looking several years ahead to create the web it wants to, it, 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 it wants or will need, you know, um, and then of course they're doing that. They're like Google, Google is like Walmart when it comes to purchasing, they use their massive heft to get the smaller players read us to uh, do what they need us to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I get like, I get it. Um, except the, the difference is like, at least at Walmart, they still have to pay for stuff. Google's just like, do this. And we all do. <laughs> they're, they're not yep. even paying us to do it. They're just like, just do it because we said so. Uh, at the same time, understanding the enormous task they have of trying to index um, and keep control and like monitor so many people going in so many different directions with so many different types of sites and so many different needs is highly challenging. Like they have a very, very difficult job. So I do understand, and they generally tend to be pretty good at giving us big warning shots across the bow, them occasionally going, all right, kids, we need y'all to do this thing. <laughs> I think all of you need to do it now because it's make our lives a lot easier. Well, I'm, I'm going to take it a little step further. Um, Google pushes us around and they tell us, you got to do this now. <laughs> Absolutely. But also... There's the 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 spokes the spokesperson uh, the quad spokespersons, uh, Danny and uh, Danny Sullivan and uh, uh, John Mueller and um, uh, Martin Split and uh, uh, Gary Eyes um, are some more clarity than others, of course, but mm-hmm. are I think more than any other time in Google's history, even heresy as this might sound, even during the Matt Cutts era, I think Google is giving us more insights into how it works, how it operates, and what it needs from us as webmasters than it ever has before. Um, case in point, the uh, did you have you seen the new Jason Bernard uh, Duda webinar video with, uh, with Martin Split? I have not. I have read about some of the coverage, but I have not had a chance to watch the video. First thing, what Jason's doing with these videos is of great service to the SEO industry. Um, just there's no other way to put it. This is just a, a gift to SEOs bringing bringing this this content out. But in the latest video, which is a really good breakdown over at Search Engine, Roger Monty gives it a really good breakdown over yeah. at Search Engine Journal. Um, Martin Split, he's he's pretty sure they've talked about this, so it's okay to talk about it out loud, which means it's going to be okay to talk about it out loud because he's a pretty smart guy. Um, how Google determines, uh, how Google will look at content, primarily on a page, but also in relation to a site, 
um, and determined topic. But the cool thing is how it separates and what it does with other sections that don't necessarily relate to the main content. It's called centerpiece annotation. Um, and if we had a uh, commercial break to go to, we'd leave you hanging on it because it's 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 it's, it's, it's a really cool uh, uh, cliffhanger. Um, okay, so center point center point annotation. You're gonna or centerpiece annotation. You're gonna hear this phrase used a lot in the, in in the future. It's a googly term. It doesn't mean exactly what it says, but once you hear it, you'll you'll, you'll get you'll get what it means. Um, the center is the core of the information, um, what the page is about. So say the page is about um, blue widgets, okay? Mm -hmm. um, all the content that relates to blue widgets is the um, centerpiece. But there may be other kinds of content. You're, you're the stuff you put up in the navigation, the stuff you put down in the footer, and that, that'll be common to every page. That has very little to do with um, the topic of blue widgets itself. So that's that's a form of secondary content, um, tertiary content, stuff that means almost nothing to Google in relation to your main content, to the to the center piece content. And this is this is the neat thing. And I, I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this. And I, maybe I heard wrong, and maybe I'm interpreting wrong. So when Martin said we take if it. it he used he used a dog food uh, uh, comparison. We uh, you 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 we've determined that this page is about dog food, but there's a little bit about bicycles at the bottom. Bicycles got nothing to do with dog food, so we ignore the bicycle stuff, mm -hmm. and we just concentrate on the dog food stuff. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I I, I believe that, but does that run contrary to something that they had said just recently about being able to have multiple topics on a page? I, I, That's the one see, thing that confused me. See, and, and, and Google's really funny like that, because I think the way they would answer that, I, I think they would is go, yes, you can have multiple topics on a page if those multiple topics are all answering the intent of that one user, in which case all of those topics are main content. They all were required to serve this purpose. Um, I, I think that's a very, so it depends. Um, is I think how they how they would answer that. What I find interesting about this announcement and that it timed so nicely with their updating of the quality raters guideline is it is in the quality raters guideline. They call it main content. They go basically look at everything that answers that user's intent. That's your main content. Take all of your advertising. That's a content type. Everything else is secondary. Right? It's a pretty easy way to do that. And it's totally right. It's like take what answers the query. Take out the advertising, everything else is secondary content, navigation, recommended reading, right? Like that sort of thing, right? To, to, to what you were talking about earlier. So I find it interesting that he's talking about it here. I like the term he's using a lot better, centerpiece annotation. What a, what a wonderful way to word that as opposed to like main content, because main content actually is a little more vague. It's defined in the guidelines, so it's, it's much clearer what it is. But I think centerpiece, yeah, we all know, and it's usually actually in the center. So that works. <laughs> If, you, uh, if uh, anyone out there wants to catch up on this video, go over to Search Engine Journal. Um, Roger's, uh, Roger Monty's, uh, I, think, I think it's the last PC he published. So um, it's like only a few hours ago. So front and center. Um, and uh, yeah, 
I thought it's just try, just type Jason Bernard into into Google and you're bound to find it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, these these webinars that that Jason's um, putting up, um, they're going to become literary or not literary canon, but they will become canon in the uh, in the industry moving forward. I love um, also, and I'm sure he does too, that you said just search Jason Bernard, and I'm sure it's there because I hear that guy knows a thing or two about brand serves. I hear Indeed. a little bit. <laughs> well, here's, he, I mean, he, he does face a problem, right? There's only so much room on the front page of Google. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Can't keep stacking stuff in there. <laughs> Make it a problem for yourself there, Jason. <laughs> um, okay, what else we got here? Uh, uh, what did you think about uh, Big and the Index's big joint announcement? Index now. Oh, yeah. Um, I went, mm-hmm, and if Google gets in there, <laughs> about if i was if i was managing mass brands though like if i was the seo at amazon where just that extra split second it might only be three percent of the search traffic we get i don't know what you know bing's percentage of amazon traffic is but let's say three percent the the extra half an hour of potential sales that you would get by get, getting indexed just a little bit faster getting indexed now um could lend itself very, very nicely to high profits. I think for most webmasters, though, not so much. But it'll end up just getting baked into most CMSs anyway. Yeah. And so there you go. <laughs> like, it'll just be there for you. And, and hopefully Google does get in there um, because I, I think that the current mechanisms are a little clunky. Um, they are. Um, I mean, most CMSs have have sitemaps that update nightly. Yeah, um, you're you're informing Google almost all the time. You're informing Bing almost all the time. Yeah, don't know if you're informing Yandex almost all the time, right. but you could be with Index now. Um, Indeed, but, but if you're a major publisher, for example, twenty four yeah. hours is a long time, right? Like for, for a news story. So, and those are who I'm thinking of here. Or if you're e commerce, but like it's boxing day, right? Or, or it's black Friday. Like you need that sale price or you need this update pushed. Um, yep. So I, I, I do like the idea, but the fact that the largest engine isn't in there and it's still going to be relying on, hopefully we crawl it in time. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, there are other, there are other instant ways to feed your data to Google. Um, Google shopping, for instance, gets, gets like nearly instant product feed of instant, product information updates out there. A absolutely. And something like I use it often, and I, I'm sure most of our listeners do, but just a reminder, if you do have a cornerstone piece of content, you're like, this is important. I just published this. It needs to be indexed right now. Um, you can submit it through Google Search Console. You can request indexing. It takes a couple minutes because they have to verify the page, and then, and then you request indexing. It doesn't say it'll be instantaneous, but it prioritizes it for the next time they're going through your site to index. So it, it will make it the next thing um, that gets indexed. Usually I found on, on well-crawled sites, you're looking at about five minutes uh, or so, but it can take a couple hours if your site is, is not, uh, not crawled frequently. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? Um, PayPal, PayPal, Pinterest. Yeah. That was, that's a lot of walking around money right there. <laughs> is it worth it? Um, you know, I keep saying no <laughs> um, because, like, I, I keep, like, 
Okay. Just for listeners, right. Like, is it worth the money? They actually, I haven't talked about it. And if you haven't read this story, you don't know how much money we're talking (laughs) about here. Um, PayPal has offered 45 billion. Now that's in shares um, Mm -hmm. for Pinterest. That is a lot of money for Pinterest (laughs) to to me, in in my opinion. Um, However, um, when I read a little deeper into the analysis, and this is talked about over at Search Engine Journal. Yeah, um, yeah. So when I when I read into the analysis, I'm like, you know, yeah, like PayPal's like pushing hard right now, right on 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 e-com. It makes perfect sense. Pinterest um, is is expanding a little bit into e-com and is strong. What do they have? Four, yeah, four uh, four hundred million monthly active users. Like that's. That's strong. And when I started to actually think about it, I'm like, okay, that might still be a bit overvalued in my opinion. Um, but that's my opinion. And the fine folks over at PayPal managed to get their own company worth $320 billion. So I'm sure they know what a billion is worth. <laughs> PayPal has been looking for a platform like this for years. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, PayPal has been looking for a platform like this to try to... Um, Become an e become the e commerce gateway. Uh, I think forty five billion might actually be a preliminary offer. Well, we will we will Susie and and folks, we will keep you updated as we find out how many billions of dollars <laughs> is, is Pinterest worth. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it is going to be interesting. What I'm like, I I can't, and maybe it's it's my. Uh, you know, sort of limitation of not being, I'm not heavily involved in, in social media in any way, shape or form, right? I like Twitter. That's about it. Um, so it might just be my short sightedness in that area that isn't quite wrapping my brain around why the valuation, like where the revenue stream is in this potential acquisition. I get that, that Pinterest is doing some, some stuff to try and monetize better, but I, I don't quite see the valuation, but at the same time, I know that the fine folks at PayPal are not idiots, so I'm going to be really interested to see how much does it finally go for. Um, but also, flash forward six months, flash forward a year, what does PayPal do with that? Um, and do they end up killing it? Because we've seen that happen too. <laughs> I would um, put money on them killing it, actually. I hate to say it, but <laughs> like... Yeah, um, but I, but I think they're going to have uh, they're going to try to laugh all the way to the bank whilst killing it. I don't right. think they're going to intend to kill it, but um, you know these aren't the these are these are brilliant. Silicon Valley has proven itself to be incredible at engineering and craptastic at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. Okay, we are into the last ten minutes. Um, quick warning. Um, if you have the WordPerfect fastest cache uh, plugin, um, got a million sites out there are running it, um, you could be wide open to um, site takeover and password leaks. Um, update it. Update yep. it as fast as you possibly can. That's the only advice you need on that one. <laughs> yep. Um, actually, is it or is it not? Yes, if it's less than a 0.9.5, update as soon update as possible, it. and then you should be protecting yourself. Yeah. I uh, just want to make sure we were giving the uh, the official on that one. <laughs> um, what uh, else? That, 
I, I just caught earlier today. I think it is worth, well, it, it uh, was just published yesterday um, by Barry Schwartz. So thanks, Barry. Um, there was a Google Analytics bug. And it's funny because I actually happened to be checking my analytics Eat. during that time and didn't know what it was. Um, on the 18th, between about 7.30 and 8.30 a.m., um, there was a Google Analytics bug um, and it resulted in unrecoverable data loss. So, is that where everything from the 16th forward went? <laughs> no, seriously, I was looking the other day and then they cut off on the 16th. And oh, like, no, this is you're referring to Search Console, are you? Search Console, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is in analytics. There was actually oh. your analytics Ooh. data is you've lost an hour that day. So if you see a drop that day, that's what it is. Um, I know I've already annotated my analytics. I'm going to be annotating it again um with some guesstimates like i'm going to be going back and going okay here's where the losses were here's sort of like what i can guesstimate it would have been um based on the the time frames around it but um just just put an annotation on it so next year when you're doing your year over year analysis you remember what it is and you know when you're when you're looking over time and see this day that has you know just a bit less traffic than, than maybe it should have um that's what it is so just to make everybody aware and it was interesting because i happened to be in there and i was like oh there must just be i didn't even really process there must be a real glitch um i was just like oh, okay something must be wrong on my end right like i didn't even think of like oh they're actually just not collecting data properly right now <laughs> Turns out that's what was going on. Um, so yeah, this is kind of happening with uh, frequency. Yeah, complex systems are tough. Um, <laughs> you know, um, like I, I, unfortunately for them, they're dealing with also like mission critical core systems. Um, but you know, it, it at least they they were able to identify it. Um, this would be a, a spot where it'd be nice if they just dropped that annotation in for people. Um, automatically yeah. well then they did that on the on the august 24th where they uh where they uh lost a day of data eh? yeah yeah so and and who knows they may um something i would be completely remiss um to not bring up um your friend of mine he has been on our show um one of my favorite people in search uh frederick dubu um of uh, bing and, and bing ai um has has announced that he's i'm not actually sure where he's going but you I know that leaving. part yet. Yeah, I know he's. I know he's leaving Microsoft. Um, I'm. I'm super, super excited to see where he does go. Um, his his sort of like, uh, I found it sort of humorous. Um, the way he wrote his his sort of exit, um, and part of that story being he joined when he was 23 with sort of no big career goals or plans and rightfully and, and he called it there he's like i was 23 i'm like yeah that sounds like me at 23 right like, except i wasn't working for microsoft but it was just sort of like well i guess that's what i'm doing for now and then 13 years later he he was still doing it one of the the prominent people in our industry doing it um he, he's now moving along and i am going to be really excited to see where he goes but i am sad to, to watch him leave because uh, he was Absolutely. one of my favorite people at conferences really nice guy you know well for what it's weird you're, you're going to see him yeah, everybody we've known who's been in that position has landed on their feet and somehow uh, remained oh, yeah. involved in the search community. <laughs> Jeremiah Andrick, um, uh, Dwayne, um, and now Frederick. Eh? So Indeed. My only concern is he's also like super smart in AI. So he might just go off <laughs> and work in that space instead. Um, but e either way, we'll, we'll all be watching. And you know what? Maybe next week, 
maybe next week we'll know and we can talk about where he's uh, where he's going off to. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, here's one that we shouldn't have to tell you. <laughs> I don't even know why it's there, but somebody asked. So obviously people are wondering. If you um, set the link to open to a new window. Like, what did you expect? It opens to a new window. It doesn't do anything else. And, um, it uh, it doesn't get you a ranking advantage at all. I don't even know why you thought it might, you stupid person. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what was going on with that. But at the same time, I, I try and be um, You know what it is? Kind? Barry, plants, Barry plants those stories for us. <laughs> That's what it is. That must be it. I blame He's Barry. A, he, every Thursday morning, he puts in something dumb just to see if we'll say it. <laughs> yeah, he probably sits there. They did. They did. I got my name <laughs> on there one more time. Um, um, one more thing. Like, I, I think we have time for, for one more story. For sure. We got time. Um, uh, one that I, I'm really, really loving right now. Um, and this relates to video. Um, and I've already started to like piece together some some action items um, to work with came out nine hours ago on search engine journal from Matt Southern. Um, Google is automatically generating video chapters um, as a new source of metadata. So what we mean by that is historically we would have to sort of put timelines um, in YouTube videos, right? Like that, which is a good thing. You sort of put in the chapters of your YouTube video and then those chapters were understood and then you could rank for that that chapter, right? We've all clicked on links and it takes you to part of a video or or you'll see the search result page and it's a YouTube video and it, it has these and annotation throughout it. T equals and then uh, the, the number in seconds. Exactly. Uh, well, now they're going to be doing that automatically and being able to surface sections of the, that content or of that video that might answer a specific subset um, of information that somebody should have. So if I'm asking a specific question that might not be annotated correctly because the video creator might not have known Dave's going to have this obscure question that's answered in this video, um, YouTube and, and Google are working to create those chapters and, and pull out those direct really? passages out of videos to be able to surface that, that content specifically. I think it's really, really exciting. Um, and one thing, action item for, for folks. I'm going to be testing and I'll, I'll keep people in the loop as to how this goes. I'm going to be creating a few different videos. Um, and not, not for me, but, but for anyway, um, I'm going to be creating a, a few sample videos and annotating some questions, not annotating others. Um, and then, um, making sure that we're always clear in going like in enunciating basically what is X and then going on to answer that and seeing does the annotation help or, or how good is, is Google at this? And should you basically just be making sure you're being really clear in what you're answering in each section um, and then moving on? And, and can you start to surface a, a little more uh, visibility in, in YouTube um, specifically? So I'll keep people posted on that one, but I think there's some great opportunities um, with, with YouTube being able to do that. You know what you got to do to tell as the limits of this thing, especially especially around English language searches, you got to get mm -hmm. like both Barry Adams and uh, uh, Frank Frank Watson just just wasted drunk. <laughs> give them a script to read, okay, and then have them do the same thing sober. I'd be curious to the Barry with his like big thick Irish accent, and then Frank with his you know this this is where the alcohol comes in because then then he gets the Australian broke coming out, right? I'd love to hear right. how Google treats that. 
<laughs> that's when you need a true English to English translator kicking in there. If you could call that English, indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> um, with all, all love to all love, Frank. Um, okay, um, that's we've got we got time for one more. We can squeeze in one more story. Uh, okay, there's one more. And Pat Barry on this one from back on the 18th. Um, some new features um, rolling out. Looks like beta, so it doesn't look like they're actually rolling out um yet but but they will be um some new features at google um with some basically some refinements things to consider um refine this search and broaden the search so it's just some different features to allow people to quickly broaden a search that might be a little little tighter um like if you were looking up a specific battle from the civil war then being able to broaden that to the civil war or wars in general i, I just happened to use that as an example in an article i wrote so using that things to consider um so actually having some drop down like um you know features and, and functions about a product or about your about your query uh, and then tightening up the queries or, or refining that if you're talking about house painting you know, going down to specific types of paint and things like that. So another another big chunk of opportunities for us and and things that we can look at to go, ah, Google thinks that this is something I might want to have on that page that's about the, the top level uh, content idea. But I was just about to say that if, and if, if, if you're not getting that on, on, on your pages, um, you still want to draw value from these features, type, type in the keywords that, you, that you're chasing down and look up what the competition's getting. Right. Start putting that content on your site. Like put examples of that kind of content. That's, that, those are questions people are asking. Google is drawing that information off of your competition site for a reason. Yep. That it's there in the search results screen is a signal to you. Absolutely. Okay. And we're getting the signal from, uh, from the studio that we've gone around the entire clock and uh, it's the top of the hour. So, uh, First off, thank you very much to Tabrasco and the uh, WMR Studios for, uh, for for producing this thing. And on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Um, go get vaccinated. Just do it. I could give you this whole spiel on why you should, but I've been doing that for weeks. Just go do it. Um, that's it. Rank well. Be kind. Be, be good to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.